Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden. And also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan. Rachel Young, a true crime goddess. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time. They are three book girls. Cool Ranch are the only flavor I eat. I mean, those are something. I don't know what's I've in never them. Crack. Been a fan crack, of Doritos. <laughs> I've never been a fan of Doritos. You know, I always loved them, but when I stopped eating MSG, I stopped eating Doritos. I eat a lot of chips, but Doritos have just never been one that I liked the taste of. You I know do what not I re- like Doritos except Cool Ranch because of the crack and whatever else. <laughs> and, is, is it the MSG? same crack that the Girl Scouts put in the cookies? Yes. No. no. <laughs> That's different crack. Excuse me. What did, what did MSG ever do to you? It gives me, it gives me a headache. And Ooh. it leaves a really bad taste in my mouth. Don't don't you notice that taste? That's not no. that's no. not the spices. That's all the MSG I eat. So it is. It's now that, I don't notice. It's that nasty aftertaste that you get. I just oh. cannot stand it. One of my friends lived in, I want to say Japan for a while. Like his family lived there for like a chunk of time of him growing up and they like add msg to like as a salt yeah. shaker almost to yeah. like every like he, he's like i came over back to the states and everyone's like msg he's like that's literally like a salt in japan like yeah. i don't understand why everybody's so mad about why it why don't i have a salt shaker of msg you could probably get feel, it go go to the asian store yeah i feel biased again okay obviously Martha, you live out in the sticks. Do you have an Asian store? Well, there's one in Oklahoma City. Oh, well, yeah. (laughs) I mean, where am I going to find an Asian store? That's fair. You know what? When we go to the Asian store the next time, which doesn't happen very often, but next time we go, I will will buy some MSG and ship it to Pennsylvania for just for Yuki. I don't even love. I don't hate it. It's like, like a, I think, I mean, at one point, I haven't read any update studies, but at one point they did say it was not like great for you. <laughs> well, you know, here we sit talking I and, and I haven't even introduced Keith. Uh, we're so used to you, Keith, because, you know, <laughs> we, we talk to you every Friday night that uh, the people who listen to the podcast have never heard your voice. So they don't know you true. yet. So we have to introduce you, everyone. This is Keith. Yay. <laughs> She's master of the list. Yep. The one that puts and that dinosaur really. Dinosaur erotica. Yes. <laughs> I didn't I have to say I'm so excited for your book review today because Yay. I read the synopsis on the book that you're going to review and I have to read it immediately. I hope you do. And then I hope you will talk to me about it because I, I'm still in the book throwing kind of stage oh of this is oh. the one you wanted to throw she she posted in the book tribe oh yeah about her anger uh oh, over this book how she it. wanted to throw it and stomp on it and whatnot after Ooh. and you weren't quite done with it yet when you were doing that, i was right? not i i had i had to take breaks like a couple of times which does not happen to me often but yeah Oh, I don't know about this. I read a Trump book a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if I need no, that. God, no, damn. it's not anything like that. Rachel was okay. in a funk for a week after reading that thing. She had to leave. I can understand. She didn't even I want to stay and visit afterwards. She was just like, yeah. fuck you guys, she, I'm out. She reviewed her book and she's like, oh, I got to go. We're going to make dinner. And then she was gone. <laughs> Tom took me out to eat because he was like, you got to figure this life out or something. <laughs> well, yeah. and Rachel, you've read that. You read the book by Michael, whatever, I don't even remember his name, about the beer. Like, I can remember hearing when that came out, and all I heard was from women who were just like, oh, sigh, I can't believe this is a book, I can't believe this is a thing. So after reading that, and then reading the Trump book, I think you deserved some happy, true crime, (laughs) murder, Murder. loveliness. Yes. (laughs) I needed deception and murder and deceitfulness and dismemberment and whatever. Well, the only thing that that uh, Trump book didn't have was dismemberment. And maybe it should have had some of that in there. Dismemberment. Not that she knew of. We don't know. But you you know what's funny is I think we all felt Rachel's uh, despair and need of true crime because in our group text, 
almost every single one of us was watching Criminal Minds this week. (laughs) (laughs) I know. We were doing the whole group. Nothing wrong with that. I was trying to find something to binge because I've been housebound for so long that I have gone. I've played Skyrim so much. That I've discovered everything on the map, and I'm thinking about starting over with a new character. Oh, man. But then I'm like, but I've already done it all. Why Why bother? Yeah. I'm really surprised you don't play Witcher. My husband loves that You know what? I don't game. own Witcher, and that's the only reason I don't play it. I'm, you have get to... one of the older ones. I think they're pretty inexpensive now. They're probably only like 20 bucks because there are new Witcher. I'm really glad out. that you mentioned that, Keith, because honestly... It really just didn't even cross my mind. I was going to play what it was available. There was, there's one more that that Dylan left me that looked really cool, but um, I threw the controller after trying to get it to work and not being able oh, to, no. <laughs> to work. I was like, why aren't the controls always the same? Oh, uh, there's there's like a <laughs> meme that's like this is why like. 80s and 90s kids have trust issues and it's a picture of all the different controllers and like how x is in a different spot on well every it's like controller. it's like on this game you have to you have to thumb the cursor up and and push it and then you have to hold the x down for a certain amount of time no, that's to too make, much it's like oh just every make every game the same well my neighbor kid, you know some of those controllers they like vibrate and pulsate when you do it certain does things. mine does I that like that i learned that um when i started dating my husband and uh we moved in together and of course he had to bring the video games and i was like fine and um he i was laying on the couch next to him and i'm like finally i just said what is the buzzing <laughs> <laughs> he has a vibrator in the couch well, and I thought to myself, huh, I don't think that's by accident. He goes, well, see, it's for this. I was like, oh, I know what it's for. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I know exactly what it's for. I don't think you know what it's for. But I, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't I don't play video games. He's t- and one of the things is because of that. I don't have enough brain space to figure out 87 different controllers uh i mean no well see that's why i gave up on that other game because i'm like you know what it's not the same as everything else and i my tiny little brain can't handle that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna make room for that the plant versus are fun that's true they all work the same my neighbor kid up the street was playing like plant zombies or one of those and Uh. on that game you have to use both joysticks so like the left joystick is you're like up and down like where your character's looking and the right one is how you move and i was like no what is this witchcraft like i could he was so mad he's like you're using the wrong controller i was like kid the first controller i had had four and a half buttons on it (laughs) i don't know how to use all these the hand-eye coordination of this generation is fucking amazing can we just can we just say that oh yeah it's amazing yeah how can you do that but you forget three times in a row when I ask you to take the garbage out. <laughs> exactly. That that has that's I think that's a different set of problems, Rachel. I yeah. I feel like if we're working with the same brain, things should. Mm. I don't you need know. like a you need a like a carrot a like ro- a Roomba that you can control with the PlayStation, and then he can put the trash on that. How often I think that. I can remember, I can remember every word to the movie Grease. I can remember every lyric to the stupid songs from the 80s. Why can't I do math? Oh, I hear you. My dad actually said that to I'm me when I was I'm there too, baby. I am there yeah. too. I can't remember how to do a percentage. No we matter how many times I... Stats. Huh? Yeah. We were talking about stats classes last night. Yeah. I, I'm afraid, like, my my son comes to me for help with his stats homework, and I'm like, I know I took this in college. In fact, I know I took it twice. Yeah. And, um, yeah. no, I can't help you. <laughs> no, no, it's no. just gone. All of it is just gone. Unless it's, like, 50% off or, like, make the tip. I'm like, nope, can't do it. <laughs> I can't even make the freaking tip. I got to use the calculator on my phone. No, you just move the decimal. No. I can't. <laughs> I'm telling you, the numbers are all just jumbled in my I d- head. I just round it up and then go, okay. If Stop it. You're, make- you're stressing me out. No, here's a much easier way. Here's how I do it anyway. For every dollar, for every $5, right? So you give a dollar for tips. So if I spent $5, 
there's a dollar, right? So if you spend $50, right? Five, 10, 15, right? You just do it that way. And I, I forget what percentage that comes out to, but it's, um, my husband said it's acceptable. I don't know. <laughs> and sometimes I just round up if they were good. But so I give a dollar for every five spent. Bonnie always says double the tax. That's probably true too. I don't know what tax is in this. Well, a lot of times they It'll give you a receipt, receipt that says on there. But you know what? It just just even looking at numbers stresses me out. I like when it tells you at the bottom of the receipt, like if you want to leave fifteen percent, leave this. Like yeah, it does the if they would do me. that, yeah. I would do it every time. And how often though, especially classes like trigonometry and geometry and all that i i've said because my husband's really good at math and i i have said this numerous times how often are you going to use that in your everyday life we were watching jeopardy the other day and like some sort of trig question came up and he got it and he goes that's when you use it <laughs> for did jeopardy you ask him at home <laughs> did you ask him when he's signing up for jeopardy <laughs> no you know that the, I, play Jeopardy with him on the TV. It's not anytime soon. <laughs> did you know that the person who was on the podcast last time, Ms. Pat Griner, was on Jeopardy? <gasps> no, she I was totally not. see that. She totally really was. Could. She totally was, and she made it through the first good. round. Wow. Yeah. I would. Never she win money. She did. Oh, oh. nice. Mom, if you're ever listening, um, you could have given me a name like that was. I don't know Spanish, but you gave oh, me no, a boy's like name it. instead. <laughs> I think girls with sort of unisex name like that, and she and they spelled it different. I think your name is awesome. It is. It awesome. will never be one of those unisex names. I mean, it will never be Taylor. It will never be Riley. Somebody famous needs to have this name. My mother is a Daryl, so oh, that's probably where that so came it, from. It just kind of got passed down. Okay, I've never heard of a woman named Daryl either. So there you go. Daryl Hannah Daryl made Hannah. it very oh, famous. Oh, that's so. right. Yeah. I forgot about her. Yeah. Well, this this makes you even better because you're the Keith. I gotta say, I am the only Keith on Goodreads. Not like Shona or Martha or Megan or Rachel <laughs> or. Any of those other weird names? Nope. Just me. Just you. Just My you. name has an extra A, so. <laughs> Mine's reversed. I'm an That's old lady, true. so. <laughs> they don't have that in the Goodreads That's not profile. a category. Oh, even, when I was, even when I was a little kid, I was, I was an old lady. People would make fun of my old lady Did name. Did they call you anything different? You know like what? Marty? It, oh. When I was in high school, I went through a Marty phase. But it was a <laughs> very, cute. very short-lived thing. I just, it just didn't fit. I don't, I don't feel like you're a Marty. No, didn't fit. But a friend of ours, um, he works with Tom. He's a good guy, and he has a nickname for everybody. He calls me Chill. Chill. Oh, like Rachel. I kind of like yeah. that. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I had to think about it for a little bit. Chill. I was like, where Chill. did I get that from? I like nicknames. I do. I think they're yeah. awesome. I have a Megan at home. She's 11, and she has every nickname under the sun. Megan's an easy one. Yeah. There's... Except that her her older sister called her Peaches when she was born from the hospital, oh. brought home from the hospital. <laughs> so my daughter has been Peaches for 11 years. The people at my church don't – I don't think they even know her name's Megan. <laughs> they, everyone oh. calls her Peaches. Yeah. Oh. And now she's getting older, and she hates it. And she, she's like, yeah. "I'm 11. Call me Megan." Right? Okay, awesome. How I'm still alive after my dog kicked my ass last night on the car. Oh god, that was hilarious! All of a sudden, I, I look, I look up, <laughs> and the dog is like, is trying to play with her while she. While she's doing the maybe Zoom she call. had a, like kibble in her pocket or something. Oh, I'm so sad. Oh, I missed this okay. now. So, my dog's like I love her to death and she's amazing, but she's kind of an asshole sometimes. <laughs> what I do especially if I'm um, so like usually for the call I sit on my couch and my couch has a little center console, and so I'll put the computer on there. Well, she loves to kind of sit right there, um, but if she wants to play or like go outside, she'll come up behind me and she'll jump. Pause. <laughs> yep. Or if she wants attention, like. I'll turn and face her, but then she'll just randomly like jump up and like paw me in the face <laughs> or 
she'll climb up on pillows at one point last night she was like up on the top of the couch like looking she down was, on she me. was jumping on rachel from the back she was like <laughs> hey you're gonna play with me whether you like it or not oh that's amazing <laughs> at least she didn't throw up on you that oh my god nice that was her. the best part of the whole freaking call last night i can't believe that when when her camera went down i thought for sure i was like well we lost shona she finally went over and then i hear her say my cat threw up on me and i went oh god. so yeah the cat threw up on her and then she oh. she brings the camera back up and the cat sitting on the back of her chair going I probably would have thrown up in my living room. <laughs> it was pretty hilarious. More people need to join us because yes. we're very fun. We are if you fun. Like the podcast and you want to get to know us more and the tribe more, it doesn't cost you anything. Nope. You just join the Facebook tribe and you jump on on Friday nights at seven. And say hello. See, my I'm best coming friend, for you. Liz, she's a reader. She reads a lot and we talk about books and we've done like buddy reads. And I keep telling her, like, get on on Friday. And she says, well, if I haven't read anything or I don't know what I would talk about. And I'm like, you just get on and laugh and have fun and like maybe say, hey, I've been reading this this week. She still won't do it. She's like scared. I don't know why, but I'll keep working on it. Well, you know what? Yeah, it's you don't weird. have to have a book read. You don't have to have read a book. We have people that say, yeah, I didn't have a week where I didn't I read, read anything. Read yeah, I know. The great thing is, is if you get overwhelmed, you can just have a call drop <laughs> and bail out. Well, we'll never know. Yeah, you can just know that. Hey, you know what? Um, some of us don't read that much, and other people like Keith read so three hundred books a I year. Oh, I, I hit like 20, twenty-six, and then Keith, you said that last night, and I was like, "Well, I'm out. Bye." <laughs> I don't. I used to only read like thirty, but now I have to have at least fifty-two. <laughs> year. Well, that's what happens when you hang out with people like us, Megan. Well, see, that's why I like doing the buddy reads, because I'm doing that with a couple of the listeners right now, which I'm happy to do with anybody. Um, and it, because it helps keep me motivated, but it's also really fun because whoever I'm doing the buddy read with, um, like once a week, we'll video chat and say, where are you at with it? What do you think of it? Do you hate it? Do you love it? Like, you know, and just be able to kind of have that midweek connection too, or like texting each other, like, Hey, I'm super behind. I suck. Like, you know, and we're just motivating. so I've actually really enjoyed doing that. Um, and uh, one of the book girls messaged me last night. So we're going to start another one. So that's two. Yeah. Well, look at you. You're going to be the queen of the buddy read. Hey, I'm open. Contact me. I got you. There you go. I, I am going to read Shadow and Bone, though, because I was hoping that everybody Yay. would just read about it and we wouldn't do a... Uh, like yeah. a show with it, and now that we are, I was like, "Fine, goddamn." Yeah, I think the <laughs> you know I, what? I think the poll won for yeah, the poll the won for September fifth. We're gonna do the book club, book club discussion of Shadow and Bone since we were not able to do that at Full Circle Books as we originally intended. So we will get together at 7 p.m. on September 5th on Zoom. I'll put the link up with a picture of the book on our Facebook page. Anybody can join. Up to 50 people, I think, is on the, the, the thing. And um, anybody can hop in and just listen. You don't have to participate in the discussion if you don't want to. Maybe I just need to pull up my big girl pants and quit bitching and just actually read it. Damn straight. So. And once you read it, it's coming to Netflix. And I think it'll be so fun on Netflix. I think it will be too. It is, it's merged with Six of Crows, which... God, I love Six of oh, Crows so much. It's like my favorite book series ever, ever. So it's I, so... That's an idea that I actually had thought about is it would be fun. Like whenever a book or book series or something like that comes out is we should have watch parties i would love that we can because do that. i don't watch the things that other people have watch parties for see and so that way we could all connect on the book level but be like hey this is coming out and so we can all talk about you know and get our rage out and or our love out for it you know <laughs> that's very true I'm trying to How think. dare them go off script with this? How dare they portray this person like this? How dare they leave out page 76? That's what I'm saying. How dare they leave <laughs> out Tom Bombadil, those bastards? <laughs> <laughs> oh, kids. The things yeah. they say. Yeah. And one, one day my son looked at me and we were driving down the hill and the sun was shining. You know, he goes... 
Mom, why is your face all hairy? Because <laughs> you know I, I. I wish I knew. I'm a blonde, you know. So yeah. I, I had, and I, you don't know it. Sometimes you don't notice things until people say something to you. And then I got to looking and I have a lot of hair on my face. I started shaving my face after that day. Hmm. No, you're supposed to. Everybody has fine hairs all over their skin. No, I'm talking lots of lots of hair. Lots of hair. But Honey, it was all I could blonde. See that bearded woman in the in the movie. Oh, and Greta really Showman. Yes, thank you, you. You know what? I think shaving your face is is very um, on trend. <laughs> not only is it on trend, it's very satisfying. I don't have hair on my face. I know. Like, I'm like sitting here rubbing my face. Shaving like, your face is very like satisfying. The little, the little fine hairs. No, like, I have very. I have. I, I could tell you hairs. where I don't. There's one little line right here that I don't, and everywhere I else it's like a soul patch. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It's a soul patch. soul patch because this is where there's not hair and everywhere else. I just get like one or two on my chin. Should, should we talk about books? Uh, yeah, I think maybe we should. Okay. I think we've oh, talked about, we've talked about dog puke and cat puke. And does anybody have a book about puke? That would be really great. <laughs> no, I did that when I talked about, I hope they serve beer in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who does get to go first? Since oh my god, Vonnie's not here. Do I... Holy no! shit! Do I have to, do I get to be Vonnie? Do I, it. I think you should. Okay, I think you should it's be a Vonnie. Lot of pressure. Oh my god, Whew. these are big shoes. These are really big shoes. I'm a little. I'm, my heart rate's gone up. I <laughs> okay. Now Take a deep breath. Now channel Vonnie. Conversation. <laughs> okay, I can only channel Vonnie so far because this week. I am not doing historical fiction. I am going to review Midnight Sun by Stephanie Meyer. Oh my God, Vani's going to be so pissed at you. <laughs> well, Vani and I could have a whole side podcast. Yeah, about actually, Twilight. I'm kind of glad because that way we don't have to talk about it for an hour. I'll do it. I'll talk about it with you for there an hour. You go. Oh, stop it. All right. So, as any Twilight fan knows, and those who aren't Twilight fans know, because your Twilight fan friends told you, um, we finally got Midnight Sun after 15 years of patiently or impatiently waiting. Uh, Midnight Sun is Twilight, but told from Edward's perspective. And we got teased with it. In like 2008, something like that, because someone at the publishing house or somewhere connected to Stephanie Meyer leaked all the chapters up into the meadow scene. Uh, so some of us read it. Some of us uh, had more self-control. I was not one of those people who had any self-control and devoured the leaked copy. Uh, so we've been waiting ever since then. Every time she really said, like, I have a book coming out, everyone's like, is it Midnight Sun? And it never was until this time. I loved every minute of the 658 pages of that book. <gasps> wow. I, long. It is super long. It is a doorstop. I didn't know it was that long. Oh. I didn't either. Yeah. It's only the Twilight book? It's in only, his perspective? It is. It is only Twilight. But God. what's awesome, what's great about it is you get all the, because Twilight Unlike the movie, the book is truly only in Bella's perspective. Whereas in the movie, you saw things to, cause you had to have the blank, the missing pieces to make a movie flow. So you did see like James and the trackers and stuff that you couldn't see in the book because Bella couldn't see them. A lot of people were like, well, it's going to be the same book. And I'm like, but it's not the same book because it's told from Edward's perspective. And what I loved is you got a whole lot more of the Cullens Edward's a Cullen and he was at the house. And so there was a lot of side conversations about what to do about Bella and Edward's infatuation with Bella. And you get to hear all the thoughts that the Cullens are having. Cause obviously Edward can hear them. So he's mm. having like whole side conversations with his siblings versus what's going on, like in the world. So like, they're, when they're sitting at like the lunch table and they appear to be being silent from Ed Bella's perspective, they're having whole like internal monologues with Edward 
uh, like Rosalie is screaming at him and telling him he's the fucking worst human in the planet and like don't be stupid. Excuse me, he's not a human. Oh, valid. Worst <laughs> vampire. <laughs> like Rosalie's always screaming at him. <laughs> and Emmett is like cracking jokes. Like you just get to see a very different side of the Cullen family because you're hearing it from Edward's viewpoint. Um, and you get to hear like what he was thinking in biology class and what he was thinking of just kind of everything all the way around. And it's just, it was so fun. Everything you wanted to be there was there. You had the meadow, you have biology, um, and you get to see, because obviously Edward can't read Bella's mind. So he tracks her through the classmates. So a lot of times you're actually like in Mike's viewpoint because that's the only way he can see Bella during the day when they're not in class. Like he'll listen in on Mike's thoughts. So it's, it was just super fun. And you get to see what happens when Bella's not there. Like while she's with, I mean, this isn't a spoiler cause the book already exists. Um, like <laughs> with James, the, when the tracker, when they're in Phoenix, like how did the Cullens actually get to Phoenix? Like what was the steps and how did they get to the ballet studio? So there's this whole kind of action sequence from the Cullens getting to Phoenix and how they get to the ballet studio and how they end up getting into the ballet studio. And it was so fun and so enlightening to hear it kind of from his perspective. For me, I really loved it. Vonnie's at work right now, which is why she's not here. And I'm texting her. I'm saying Megan is yammering on again about Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I think she did a really good job. And I, I'm re-listening to the Twilight audiobook right now because I couldn't... There were moments where I was like, was that line in the original book or do I just associate it with the movie? So it's been fun to go back and I'm only like part, like not even just started it. But some of the lines that I thought were strictly in the movie are also in the book and they reappear in Midnight Sun. And I just... It's fun to read the book from Edward's perspective because you take for granted that you know like oh I'm sure he wasn't like that stressed about something and you're like oh no we just talked for four chapters about how stressed he is <laughs> about like what am I gonna do I want to like rip her throat out and everyone around her's throat out and you learn some things about her being able to her not why he can't read her mind you learn things about other people in Bella's family and how they sound to him which is kind of fun. And yeah, uh, the, the, the most fun interactions come between him and his siblings when he can, he's reading their minds and he's getting shit. And that was my favorite part of those books were the interactions between the Cullens. So I honestly wasn't going to read it, but after hearing you talk about it, I'm very excited to read it now. Oh, uh, you're, if you hate Rosalie, you're going to hate her even more <laughs> because she's so awful. I hate her, but I understand her motivation now yes. after reading all the books. Yeah. So I feel like I, I get her hatred. So Yes. And I mean, Alice is the whole book. Alice just keeps being like, Edward, I already know how this ends. Edward, I know how this ends. And Edward's like, shut your fucking mouth, Alice. <laughs> like, <laughs> and there's some there's some hints that lead into and she has Stephanie Meyer has said she's not writing any more of them from Edward's perspective. She's like, it's it's not fun for her because she doesn't like get to create a new world. So she's pretty much said, but there are things towards the end of the book that will make you want her to write new moon because there's things that come up that you're like, wait a second. Like, and once you read it, we'll have to discuss it. Cause I don't want to give any spoilers, but like, we'll just do a separate podcast where you do your own goddamn editing. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have to hear it twice. Um, but and yeah, the you and I and Vonnie yeah. and anyone who else who wants to join in, yes. can do like one of our buddy zoom, a buddy. Like Zoom. Does. Yeah, yes, there we go. That is a really good idea actually. But no, it, the, the most fun was the interactions of the Cullens and, watching Emmett just be Emmett and Goofy and Rosalie just be yeah Vondi's sending me a picture of better looking vampires than Edward <laughs> yeah she just said it wouldn't be hard I'm sorry but 
I love. Ah, I'm not the only yeah. one. Oh. I loved the books so much. Not so much the movies. The movies to me didn't translate as well as you as they did to you. Yeah, but and hey, movies, that's that's fair. The books were what brought me back to reading from like yeah. my youth. On no, I agree. Books. That's totally like that was the first big like purchase book purchase I probably bought when I wasn't going to the library was the Twilight books and. I really enjoy it did not disappoint me like I didn't feel like after 15 years of waiting to have that book in my hand I didn't close it and be like why the hell did I wait 15 years for that I was like oh my god please write them all this way but she's not she's already said she's not going to but I really loved it I like the the throwbacks to things that you know really well from the book and the movies I don't know if I want to know what's going on in his brain yeah I know better than to ask now yeah you (laughs) learn that yeah, my husband sent me yeah. a text like the other day and he said, today is the greatest day of my life. And I said, why is that, honey? And he said, I found He-Man toys at Walmart. And I was <laughs> like, so He-Man toys rank above our wedding and the birth of our three children. And he was like, well, I've never owned a He-Man toy. <laughs> <laughs> but it, yes! yeah. But I'd it, like your yeah. husband already. I do, but yeah. It is, I think it would be slightly inconvenient to be able to... Uh, read minds but it's fun being in edward's mind people think his gift was really great no and i think to myself i i would have hated both his and alice's gift. absolutely 100 percent. give me jasper's any day exactly yeah i'd love to be able to like calm situations and i think too um i and i'm only speculating on this but i have to at least speculate that the reason that stephanie meyer wrote that gift for him is because if you think about it, that's part of the reason that he's drawn to her is because she provides him peace. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So, because it's quiet. Yeah. When she's, when it's just the two of them. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that was probably purposefully set up on her part because I'm sure a lot of us would think that same thing of it would just be constant noise. Yeah. Right. And so Definitely. she is, the peace within the storm essentially that's not how i see it i i see it is that she's a mystery to be cracked i think it's both thank you stephanie meyer for making our dreams come true and finally giving us this book um i highly recommend it if you are a twilight fan if you've never read the twilight series it might not be terrible for you i think it'd be a little jarring for you if you've never read them but maybe not maybe because you don't have a reference point you would just think it's a whole new book i don't know um but it's five star read for me, hundred percent. Loved every minute, and that is Midnight Sun by Stephanie Meyer. Thank you, Megan, for that lovely review. Going with You're my welcome. going with my mother, you know. If you don't have anything nice <laughs> to say, <laughs> just kidding. Good job, Martha. I'm proud of you. Thanks, but for Keith. real though, we might have to have like a Zoom side call with some like Twilight discussions. So we might have to we might have to make that happen. Yes, please. On like a random day. Hey. So we can all discuss. That, whatever you want to do with your spare time is your business. There you go. <laughs> okay, Keith, you get to go next, baby. Oh. Are you excited? I am. This book goes off of a lot of the things that Rachel was just saying about the book that Megan reviewed too. So, so I read One to Watch by Kate Stamen London. This is her debut novel, but it is not her first time writing. Martha, you will appreciate this. She served as the lead digital writer for the Hillary Rodham Clinton (gasps) campaign in 2016. Whoa. She she has written for so many. It's a who's who of political figures. It's really amazing. She really made a great switch into fiction. I really enjoyed this book a lot. It's about B. Her name's Beatrice. Everyone calls her B. And she is a fashion blogger. She is probably the most famous fashion blogger in the U.S. at this time. And she just so happens to be a plus-size fashion blogger. She's, I think they mentioned that she's a size 20. So, I mean, we're not talking like, oh, she's a size 12 average woman. She's a little bigger. And she, like I said, has a ton of fans. She is an Instagram person, influencer, all the, all the stuff. And with this book, because she's a blogger, um, people who have read some of Meg Cabot's things, sometimes Meg Cabot will put different elements in her book other than just a straight story. And this is the same kind of line. It has blog posts. It references text 
transcripts, like they're texting back and forth, emails that people have written to each other, articles that are found in like magazines and uh, transcripts of interviews that she does on TV. So they're all kind of interspersed. So for some people, I'm sure that's kind of probably a little jarring, but I really enjoy that kind of thing. So this deals with B and she has had a best friend named Ray for 10 years. They meet in college, like freshman year, and they're very, very close. And she has been in love with him forever. And they're best friends, but he dates other people and he knows how she feels, but he kind of strings her along a little bit. So oh, that gives, asshole. Right. So he gives her uh, things like they'll ha- they share this steamy kiss and then he goes on a date with somebody else. At the time of this book, he's engaged to another woman and he has moved across the country. B is in Los Angeles and he lives in Atlanta, Georgia with his fiance. And I don't like him to- right now. <laughs> you won't. Okay, good. And um, he writes to her and they text all the time and email. And he says, I'm going to be in Los Angeles to meet Rachel is the fiance to meet Rachel's parents. And do you want to get together? So he comes and he uh, spends the night at her house. Like they have plans for him to come and stay with her. And, uh, and as soon as she opens the door, she she's trying to say to herself, he is your friend. He is your friend. As soon as she opens the door to him, she's like, Oh my gosh, that's out the window because he's not acting friendly toward her. He long story short, they end up sleeping together. Oh, and I have so many feelings right now. (laughs) Again, I read on Kindle. If I didn't, I would be stomping this book at times. I would be throwing it across the room It's very, for me, it felt very real. I really felt like I was in this place with these characters. Ray comes, he sleeps with her, and he leaves at maybe 7 o'clock in the morning, and she's not awake yet. And he texts her and he says, sorry, I had to leave. And she texts him and says, we should probably talk about what happened. And I think he texts her and says, I'm going to call you later. And she says, okay. She texts him and says, I think we should talk about what happens. Months later, she's not heard anything from him. She's emailed, called. He has completely ghosted her. And she is wrecked because not only is she a girl, a woman who has had this crush on this guy who she is best friends with forever, she's a bigger woman. And she is this hugely pro-body, pro-plus-size positivity, but in her mind... She's this big woman that nobody can love. People can sleep with, people can, you know, but when push comes to shove, they go with the cute little fiance who's the size six. So this is pretty much wrecking her. She falls off the face of the earth for a while. And then her best friend says, you know, tonight is the main squeeze, big premiere. The main squeeze is The Bachelor or The Bachelorette for us. And that's what the show is called. So she is watching it and they are a little drunk (laughs) while they're watching. And she is Twittering. Is that a word? Twittering? Tweeting. Tweets. Thank you. I'm not into Twitter. So she's tweeting live while the premiere is on. And you're meeting the (laughs) (laughs) best. Sorry. <laughs> I have Sorry. so many things I want to say, but I want you to finish your review Sorry. first. Sorry. So, Sorry. so she's live tweeting while this show is on with her girlfriend and with her, her huge following. And she's had some to drink. <laughs> and it's a man who's on the show. So it's The Bachelor. And they're introducing all the women. And she's tweeting things she thinks. Like, why is everybody a size zero? How come all the women are white? How come they... Like, how come they all are the same? Why is there no diversity on this show? Why do none of them have a brain? Why why are they the same women? And for that matter, the same men every single time we watch this show. And she's tweeting this, and she wakes up the next morning to a call from her best friend, and she says, you need to look at Twitter, and you need to look at what's trending. And all of her comments are trending big time. <gasps> The main squeeze has the lowest that season. 
it has the lowest ratings it's ever had because everybody is like, you're right. Why are they always the same women on this show? Why are they always the same men? Like, we want a real person. We want somebody like us. So the show tanks that year and they hire this new producer. Uh, it's a woman who's been trying to get her leg up in the company forever and they've never let her do anything. She's like, she can't get to the glass ceiling. So this new producer is this woman and she comes to be and she says, I totally agree with you. Um, we need a real woman on the main squeeze and I want you to be the contestant. She keeps telling B, you know, this will this be great for your career. You don't have to go into it and get married because at the end, someone gets a ring and everything. And she says, believe me, that never happens. No one ever stays engaged. She's kind of telling her behind the scenes stuff. And um, so B says, okay, sure, I will do that. Now, this whole time, we're reading interviews from her. We're reading some of the comments because they they show comments. And for every B, we're so impressed with you and you go, girl. And way to say that we need an average woman. There is a comment, hey, you should go work out before you die of diabetes. Oh, my hey, God. fatty, you're never going to get a man. So why do you even care about the main squeeze? Ugh. So they show the they show the highs and they show the lows. Mm. And so the rest of the book is her being on the main squeeze. She says to them, I want diverse men. I want all shades of skin. I want all body types. The body type thing does not happen. Uh, of course not. Um, the day she goes on the show, they film everything except the first episode. The first episode's live. And it's awful. <laughs> I mean, it's it's very realistic, I think. It's a very realistic portrayal of a bunch of men who would come on the show, a good bunch of really good-looking, strapping young men, and see a size 20 woman standing in front of them and being like, whoa. And the whole show, the whole book is just about her, her journey. And she really would like to find love. She would like to forget about Ray, who has treated her terribly. But not only has he treated her terribly, but she's a bigger woman. She is used to, I mean, she walks down the street and, you know, people say things. And I think I had a really visceral reaction to this book because I have always been a bigger woman. I mean, I have walked down the street and had people that don't know me call out things. I can completely see that people would be commenting on some, and anyone, anyone who's famous, they find that flaw that you don't like about yourself, and they have no qualms about saying, hey, fatty, like, you're going to die in two years anyway, like, or, hey, you, you're too tall, you're a woman, why on earth are you learning math? you need to be in the kitchen. I mean, people feel free to say that kind of garbage. And I was, I was deciding to review it. I was trying to think, is this the kind of book that's only going to resonate with plus size people? I don't think so. I think it's the kind of thing where I, you think your skin tone is too light, too dark. You think you're too tall or too short. Or your nose is it's, too big. Your nose is too big. Raise his hand. <laughs> You don't have the nicest skin. You have hair on your chin. It's just, <laughs> you're being thrust into the spotlight and people, as supportive as some people are, there are going to be that many people that are less than supportive. And it really dives into the behind the scenes too, because there's nobody she trusts. And it's a huge issue for her because do these people want a career? Why are they on this show? What is the producer? Like, is the producer in her corner or is she just trying to get ratings? Because you just have no idea. Like, you, she wants to find love, but she's afraid to, to kind of even delve into it. So I wanted, and I am not lying at all when I say I wanted to throw the book, I wanted to stomp on it. There there were a lot of hard things to read. I mean, just the fiance part. I mean, 
that literally gave me so much anxiety because I have that, that the he, I mean, he's married now, but like that guy that like my first crush from like high school and like, I, uh, like I'm current, like my, I can't even express in words like that hit so close to home. <laughs> like I, I can't. I wonder if we all have that. Yeah, I, I think mean, we do. I too. had a guy I, in high school. Yeah. Truly, it's it was it was an amazing book. I think about it still. I, I finished it a couple of, like maybe a week ago, but I did. I had to kind of put it down because I was getting I was getting mad at the way other people were treating her. I was getting mad about the way she thought about herself, and the poor reviews that it gets are people who wish that she had. She comes across as this very positive body positive she gives these amazing interviews about and she says all the right things but in her head she thinks all these terrible things about herself Mm. but i feel like that's true of most of us i mean we can say i could say to any i mean martha honestly big nose are you kidding me yeah please big nose but the same thing i mean people can say to you you're attractive it doesn't matter what size you are you are attractive it doesn't matter the size of your nose and do you believe it no because somewhere in your mind (laughs) you listen to those like those negative comments a hundred times more than you listen to the positive ones for whatever reason yep that's so true we all do that that's oh i i want to read this book but i also I, I, you guys couldn't see Martha Miley. I had a like recall. I was like curled up in the corner of my like chair, like having a very like emotion, like visceral reaction to the the high school yeah. guy situation. It is not the kind of stuff I usually read. I mean, I wouldn't even really classic classify this as a romance book. I mean, it's kind of her trying to find romance, but I mean, it it's more of a living with living with the thoughts in your head and how they pull you kind of down book but it's it's really funny at times i mean and i've never watched the bachelor or the bachelorette so i thought it was really fascinating to get a look into that i mean they don't pull punches and they talk about what's scripted and what's unscripted and you get a view of not what you see on tv right so I really, really liked it. Like I said, it didn't like it didn't give me warm fuzzies or anything, but I thought it was pretty amazing. Uh, and that book was One to Watch by Kate Stamen London. Awesome. Oh, I have so many feelings already, and I've. I, I just... <laughs> well, you should all read it, and then we should all talk about it at length. I yes. could, oh. sounds like a just good him buddy showing read. up at the door is giving me like traumatic stress response and memories oh i can't <laughs> oh well rachel i hope that you're going to bring us out of this funk that we're all getting into about our past relationships with evil men yeah talk about murder yeah what do we got <laughs> my book centers around a relationship with a man that's nothing but evil but i'm here for it let's do it so uh, our main character in this book which is entitled jar of hearts by jennifer hillier um our main character is she goes by geo her name is georgina but she goes by geo so the thing that really struck me about this book is picture your life you know when you're a teenager and you do the best that you can to get over some of the worst things that you've experienced done probably ever will do in your life and then 14 years have elapsed from that time and you've done everything in your power to rise above it. You've gone to college, you, you know, you've reinvented yourself and you have this wonderful, great life. And one day the doors to your office open and everything crumbles down. And where this book opens essentially is Geo on stand testifying against her ex-boyfriend from when she was a teenager um, in the murder of her best friend. So, and that's not a spoiler or anything really like that because you learn all of this in the beginning. 
but the story has so many more connections and just secrets and lies and things like that. And, but the first part of the book, not only is Geo testifying to get this man, you know, sent to prison, not only for that, he has be, he has become a serial killer beyond that. Now, of course she doesn't have anything to do with, you know, anything in that nature, but she has entered um, essentially a deal and she is going to prison for five years related to this, all of these events and everything, right? So you see her grappling with things that happened back then, her kind of slowly telling her story, also how she adapts in prison when she gets released. Obviously five years isn't that long. And what happens after? Um, because shortly after she is imprisoned and um, Calvin is the name of the the boyfriend. Um, so shortly, I want to say maybe, I don't even think it's a year into her sentence, um, he escapes and isn't found. So by the time she's released five years later, he is still missing. Um, and all of these things transpire, bodies start showing up again. And um, I don't want to give away too much because this book was just ripe with surprises at every turn for things. I mean, I swear every chapter, um, something new pops up or you learn. And But one of the other tricky things is the lead detective on this case was part of that best friend trio of hers and her friend Angela, who dies and um kaiser this boy who she was friends with and who was in love with her when they were kids obviously um he is the lead detective on this so there's reconnections of things um and it's just it's one of those things that you think about and what if the worst thing i have ever ever done in my life that i thought was behind me resurfaces um and it's time for me to pay penance for it. But once I do that, it's not really paid because all these other things start to happen. Um, it was a good read. It didn't drag at all. Um, I really enjoyed the writing style. I thought it was very well written. I thought Geo's character had a lot of depth because there were times when legitimately um, you felt, I felt sorry for her. I. Um, I loved her. I hated her. You know, she's just, she was a very relatable character in a lot of ways. Um, in some ways, not obviously, but um, um, I'll, I'll tell you this, just from the title of the book, I was expecting something different to happen related to the title. Um, but when, once I figured out what the title actually meant and how it actually ties into the story, it's so much more sinister and <laughs> agreed uh, agreed yes and it really just i don't know it really it sent a chill down my spine to think about how we make connections to little things in our lives and how sometimes those things leave such an impression they will never ever leave us and even the simplest of items so i loved it those of the book girls and or any who know me, I don't give out fives very freely. This I did not give out a five to, but I would say it was a four to five to a four and a half for me. Um, it was really, really good. I enjoyed it. I blew through it. Um, and I, I don't know if this author has anything else. My guess would be she does. And I would I'm on board totally with reading anything uh, that she writes. So Again, that was Jar of Hearts by Jennifer Hillier. I read that too, and I did like it as well. I love a book that has secrets and lies and different things intertwined, and um, this one does. And I, I, I love that a lot. So it's honestly highest rated book I've read so far this year. That's Sweet. What wow. Wow. That's a big praise from you. And, yeah. and I'm not going to read about an actual jar of hearts in his bathroom, right? Not ew. in the way you might think. Okay, cool. <laughs> I know. See, that's what's in it. Because that might creep me out. But every yeah. time I hear that song on the radio. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'll never hear that the same. Yeah, then. exactly. <laughs> you know, that's my job. I'm. Oh, I so I was like, who do you think you are? 
run around leaving scars, collecting your jar of hearts. Terror. I didn't even think. Yep. Oh. All right. The book that I am going to review this week won the Nebula Award this year, which is the one of the biggest awards for science fiction. And it's an unusual choice for them. It's not what I would call a traditional science fiction novel at all. It's called A Song for a New Day by Sarah Pinkster. This is a book that was released in September 2019 that feels like they predicted the future. Because right after it was released, COVID-19 hit closing down so many public events. Well, this this takes place in a world where a great pandemic has swept the nation. And in the very beginning of the book, the band with the lead singer, Luce Cannon, Luce, L-U-C-E, Luce Cannon, she is performing this concert that night. And this big massive attack happens and they have to decide whether or not to go on with the show and they go ahead and decide that since some people are already on their way to the concert they're going to go ahead and have the concert but it turns out that it's the last concert that anyone ever gets to go to Mm, I know what my last concert was before the pandemic see and 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 this is what and this is what this book is i mean it just gives you the chills when you read that first part it's like oh my god because you're just trying to break my soul Uh, and 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 the government bans concerts and closes down all those venues forever because it's just too dangerous for people to be together do not even freaking put that in the universe so but there are some things about it that you that you realize it's way further in the future for example people's usage of VR sets is very, very prolific. One of the things that I like the best about this book is it had such rich characters. One of the Rosemary Laws is one of the main characters, and Luce Cannon is one of the main characters. Rosemary Laws uh, has been living on this farm with her family and been completely isolated from everyone else. And she works for this, for this company, kind of a cross between Walmart Walmart and Amazon where she does all of her work virtually, but the company owns so many different types of things that um, they also have their hand in the music business as well. And so she is talking, doing customer service with this company, which deals in music, but in the VR realm. But the thing about this girl is she gets offered this job to be to sign new acts for music so she leaves her job this this stable job where she's been isolated with her family for all of this time and goes on the road looking for musical acts to sign up for this virtual record company basically and the the virtual record company you kind of get the idea that she got the job way too easy. And you're not really quite sure why they hired her because she doesn't have any experience at all. She's barely heard any music ever. And yet they're sending her out there to recruit new bands to be on their virtual platform. Well, she does a little digging and gets a recommendation from one of their bands that they have on their campus because they once they get them they keep them on their campus and they do all of their their music and everything from there so she ends up meeting up with loose cannon who is working under another name and all of these music venues have gone underground Mm. and in order to get in and see these this these live musicians you have to go through all sorts of crazy things because going to a speakeasy during exactly because they're totally illegal so she kind of goes into this world and tries to find new bands to suggest to the company and it turns into a very sinister thing and the characters are just so rich um and interesting 
And because of the whole pandemic thing, I was totally sucked in from the beginning. I just loved it so much. There were some people that um, suggested that maybe it kind of drug in the center. But personally, for me, because of my experience with record companies and the way they operate, which is not a very good thing, believe me, it was really, really interesting to look at the parallels between the music business the way it was before the internet came along and the way it is now and the way it may be in the future. It was re if you love music and you love going to concerts and stuff like that and you have an open mind about the future, it might be an interesting read for you. I really enjoyed it. Um, there were uh, several characters in the book who... Well, both of the main characters actually actually were both queer. So that you have that dimension as well for a girl who's never, ever been with another woman in person now, you know, is experimenting and getting out there. And then you've got Luce Cannon, who's a very experienced person, been out there forever. So you have a lot of different dimensions of things going on relationship-wise as well. And... It was just really a good book. I mean, like I said, it was not a natural choice for a Nebula winner. And a lot of people were pretty salty about that. So I can see why they did not necessarily did, like it very much. It really doesn't sci-fi enough. It's it? really kind of not all that sci-fi. Okay. It is in that it's a near future novel. Um, there are some elements of future that don't really exist yet but it's so close that you feel like it could be you know five years in the future and the fact that this pandemic hit when it did I mean it, it just really feels like it was I think that's the only reason it won the nebula when it did because it's so timely exactly I mean it, it really is a fantastic novel it's got every Everything you need in a fantastic novel. There's no, nothing about this book that I would not give five stars to anyway. I wow. love this book. Five stars from Martha. I absolutely loved it. That's impressive. But I can see why the science fiction people were upset that it won the Nebula. I feel like that's because fair. Because science fiction is such a... They're a passionate male, It's a male-dominated... Um, it's a male-dominated genre. It really is. One of the reasons that I have such a difficult time with my reviews is that not everybody shares my taste because mm -hmm. I'm a woman and I love science fiction. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Called Song for a New Day by Sarah Pinkster. It sounds really good. Also slightly terrifying. It was slightly terrifying. And some people would say not quite terrifying enough because it really mm -hmm. didn't go into the science fiction-y bits as much as it did the character. Noticed, it was character-driven. Yeah. I've noticed lately dystopian versus sci-fi, the people who like science fiction often are very down on dystopian, and that book almost sounds like it's more delving into a, a dystopian kind of It genre. definitely is. I would but, agree. And, and the, but that's I the, feel like they're the same. I feel like they should be the same, but I have noticed that Especially mm -hmm. like you were saying, men don't seem to like dystopian and women kind of, well, when and, they go into sci-fi, they more kind of go toward that yep, realm. Exactly. Well, and I feel like and I cyberpunk of, too. Yeah. And I think of dystopian, I tend to think more YA, like Hunger Games, Divergent. And so that might be some of, yes, there are like adult literature books that are dystopian, but most people, those are like the ones you think of first. Well, Pretty and again, with dystopian, when women write them, they often go to the YA because women are more highly valued in the YA than they are in yep. regular and, fiction. And, and their stories tend to be more character driven. Yes. So, and that's what you're kind of seeing is a crack in that, you know, in that male dominated field that's sort of skewing a little bit more towards the other side now. And that's my personal opinion. I, I love science that. fiction yeah, I, I'm I not a huge it. fan of the military sci-fi books. I do read some of them. Some of them get to be a little too technical for me, but there are genres within science fiction. Mm -hmm. I'm particularly fond of cyberpunk. 
You know, I, I love, I love that. And I love the dystopian and I love just about all of it, but I'm glad that they chose this for the nebula. I think it was exactly the right time for it to be chosen. Definitely a, a book for our time. Oh, Martha's holding up concert tickets. This is, this is my Maroon 5 tickets for the, uh, August, for the August 4th show that I had that I never Adam got Levine to use. Adam is my boyfriend. Mine too. Uh, well, we can share. Because he's mine. <laughs> well, we can you all can share all him. I'm willing to share him. It's all right. You can have him. I'll <laughs> oh, take I Robert mean, Adam Levine is absolutely so sexy and I just love him so much and he's a funny guy too which you know you know I'm got to be more attracted to a funny guy oh what's that from hey he's a funny guy funny guy (laughs) fun guy you think I'm funny you think you think that's funny do you punk come on I what I got nothing good I was I thought you were kidding you guys didn't catch that I knew it Rachel don't worry you did okay good so well and like i said i will um i'll send the offer out again obviously i can't like do buddy reads with 100 people at a time but why um, not well um i'll take up her slack (laughs) you guys are going to be the buddies of the group but i will say this um i enjoy doing them it helps me kind of get to know people in the tribe a little bit more which i really like um, and it sort of helped me expand a little bit on what I'm reading and it helps me connect. Um, and it's just like one extra call a week or something for a little bit to reach out. Um, so I really like that. And I think it helps us touch base too with what our listeners like and want and other stuff. So, um, I'm, happy to continue that or do that get on the tribe and hit rachel young up for any listeners that are missing Alyssa and they read romance if you want someone to talk about your romance book keith is here for you awesome (laughs) keith is our new romance guru she has some serious t-rex oh it's not just t-rex stegosauruses get it on too girl Uh... stegosaurus erotica let's not Dinosaur That's erotica what? is a thing, and Keith is here to explain it to you in detail. Vegetable erotica, too. Hey! Vegetable erotica. Yeah. What? Like what? Sentient vegetables. Sentient on, vegetables? I'm going to leave shit. you to that. Okay. <laughs> that is just even a little too weird for me, Keith. I'll stick to my mm-hmm. vampires. Wait, I have a question. Is it the vegetables having sex with each other or using vegetables as props while you're having sex? I'm okay. I'm okay with the vision of like a carrot and a head of broccoli, like getting it on, like I do what you do. I just, if vegetables are being used as props, I need it to be consensual. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. And on that note, that's going to do it for three Three book book girls. Can't get enough of three book girls. Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and join the group. Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.